Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to J-Cow's View. I am your host, J-Cow. This is a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. This is the journey of a journalist. This is where I pontificate about professional wrestling. I've been around the world covering the National Wrestling Alliance, and I can legitimately say that. I was there when Nick Aldis defended the 10 pounds of gold against Colt Boom Boom Cabana at Wencho, China. I was in Yuma, Arizona when Scrap Iron Adam Pierce defended that NWA World's Heavyweight Championship against Sean Waltman. I was there in North Carolina when our World's Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis defended against Marty Scroll. I was at Nashville, Tennessee to see the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Cody Rhodes lose the title to Nick Aldis. I was there when Tim Storm brought the 10 pounds of gold to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I was there when Blue Demon Jr. defended that title against Scott Lost at the NWA Pro Wrestling Showcase. So I'm a bit of an authority on the National Wrestling Alliance, and well, it's an exciting week. It's an exciting week because the NWA is returning to pay-per-view. The NWA, along with the United Wrestling Network, will be doing their primetime live this, actually, one week from today, seven days from now. And what's really inspiring about this is this is the first time that the World's Heavyweight Championship has been in Long Beach since 1952. We're going to get more on that in a bit. But uh, it's some exciting times for the National Wrestling Alliance, and I'm glad you were here to, to, to go on this journey with me. So let's talk about the NWA. Let's talk about, historically, the National Wrestling Alliance in in my home state, Southern California. Now, a lot of you guys remember... A lot of you guys remember David Marquez promoting NWA Hollywood and the NWA Pro Wrestling Showcase. And it was affiliations with the National Wrestling Alliance, of course. And we saw a myriad of NWA champions come through this territory. I mean, of course, we had Scrap Iron Adam Pierce. Colt Boom Boom Cabana, the Blue Demon Jr. We saw those champions defend those titles in Hollywood, California. We saw the tag team champions, be it uh, Los Luchas or the Real American Heroes or the Skull Crushers. We saw the uh, national champion, Phil Shatter. We saw the North American champion, uh, Apollo, or later Mike DiBiase. We saw those NWA champions here in California. But we're going to specifically focus on the 10 pounds of gold. You know, a lot of people don't understand the connection that the Southern California market had to the National Wrestling Alliance. And I don't blame you because a lot of you guys haven't even saw the 10 pounds of gold series that is coming back tonight in, you know, 45 minutes. But the NWA, the NWA and Southern California have always had a strong relationship. Well, not always, but had a very strong relationship dating back to 1933. 
yes, I know that predates the NWA, but as a, as a wrestling territory, Southern California was off and going back in the 30s. That predates the television era. You had promote, you had territories in, uh, of course, Los Angeles and Hollywood, but you also had San Bernardino, San Diego, Santa Monica, Santa Barbara, uh, and, and of course, who could forget Long Beach? In fact, the first wrestling event on record was in 1933, January 3rd. It was headlined by Nick Lutz defeating Hal Rumberg. And it ended in referee stoppage and in the final of the three falls, it was a two out of three falls match. The Los Angeles version of the World's Heavyweight Championship was uh, first defended in Long Beach on August 19, 1933. Now that title would later be unified when uh, Michelle Leon, the Baron Michelle Leon, would lose to Luthez. The NWA was formed on July 18, 1948, some 72 years ago. And it would be roughly about three years, July 5th, 1951, when Luthez would bring the 10-pound... Well, let me correct myself. It wasn't the 10 pounds of gold. The NWA World's Heavyweight Championship to Long Beach, California at the Municipal Auditorium. He would defeat Wee Willie Davis two to nothing in a two three falls match now you have to remember the nwa back then all world title matches were two out of three falls that was that was the gimmick that went with the 10 pound with the nwa world championship and of course uh that title would return to long beach in 1952 on july 24th when luthez would defeat carl davis and then the last time the very last time the 10 well, I keep saying 10 pounds of gold. They are not interchangeable. The NWA World's Heavyweight Championship would be defended for a final time in Long Beach, California on August 30th, 1952. After 1957, the WWA territory, which was basically the Grand Olympic Auditorium, would split from the NWA. Now, they would rekindle their relationship in 1968 and they would be called the NWA Los Angeles. And although title was defended in SoCal, it would never appear in Long Beach again because the municipal auditorium closed in 1950 uh, in 1975, and that was to make way for the Long Beach Convention Center. Now that's more history on the city of Long Beach than you probably care to to know. But during that time, we still had Terry Funk, Harley Race, and Ric Flair bringing the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship to Southern California, just not Long Beach. Now, when we talk about championship wrestling from Hollywood, it's funny because, you know, in 2006, they were running arena shows all across the country. 2006, 2007. The Hidalgo Arena in Hidalgo, Texas. Uh, in Kissimmee, Florida, I don't remember the venue's name. Uh... The Celebrity Theater in Phoenix, Arizona. Of course, the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, multiple times. It was always Dave Marquez's goal at the time to run at that Long Beach um, Convention Center. You know, Long Beach Convention Center is what replaced the Municipal Auditorium. So, the NWA... Uh, World's Heavyweight Championship 
Again, hasn't been defended in Long Beach since 1952. Now, the NWA promotions have been involved with uh, events in Long Beach, just never the 10 pounds of gold. Um, the former NWA affiliate Mach 1 Wrestling, they were affiliate of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. The late John Ian, who we talked about earlier this year, who passed away, uh, would run uh, events in concert with the uh, Long Beach Comic Con. They called it the Wrath of Con. They had three events there from 2009, 2010, and 2011, which would feature stars like Nick Madrid and, uh, of course, Eli Drake. It was also... Uh, that would also be the home, the Long Beach Convention Center, would also be the home for Vendetta Pro Wrestling, who became an affiliate of the NWA in 2013. And they, too, would run in concert with the uh, Comic-Con, um, but again, would never uh, present an NWA World's Heavyweight Championship during those shows. In fact, the last NWA World's Heavyweight Champion to wrestle in the city of Long Beach, well, that would be Cody Rhodes. Now, he didn't defend the 10 pounds of gold in, in Long Beach. He was actually wrestling against Juice Robinson, and that was the event where he won the IWGP US Championship. So as you can see, there's been a long historic relationship with the Long Beach and the NWA. The fact of the matter is, Miracle Mike Bennett has a lot up against him. Because there's never been an NWA world champion to lose in the city of Long Beach. The title's never changed hands. So history has no twin. Maybe that means Miracle Mike Bennett has an opportunity to shock the world in seven days. Or maybe it just means Nick Aldis will continu continue to roll on this wave of success and walk into Long Beach Thunder Studios as your world's heavyweight champion and walk out as your world's heavyweight champion. just waiting a little bit longer to see if anyone else is going to show up. But I mean, what a what a crazy week in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm super excited and super happy with the, the way that this United Wrestling Network NWA relationship has been uh, working out. I mean, despite the first week's episode with some technical snafus, we had a really good main event. Um... Uh, we had a really good main event at um, Primetime Live, the, uh, the first episode. And uh, we are having we had a very good second episode of Primetime Live that was headlined by Thunder Rosa uh, taking on Priscilla Kelly. And that was, that was such a unique show because when you're watching professional wrestling, there's always a winner, there's always a loser. That's how it goes. But on this particular night of wrestling, I felt even the guys and gals who lost... Their matches looked really, really good, like uh, very incredibly good. Be better than they should have looked, maybe. I mean, Priscilla Kelly looked like a star to me on Tuesday night, and I know who Priscilla Kelly is. I've seen her in the ring before. I was very much impressed with how good she was. I was very much impressed with guys like Slice Boogie. You know, he was the 2019 SoCal Uncensored Rookie of the Year out here in Southern California. I was very impressed with the way Watts looked. Of course, I, how could you not be? It's Watts. Uh, I was very impressed with Danny Limelight. Again, all of these matches took these these uh, these interesting dichotomies, these opponents 
very much were evenly matched and and uh you know you could have had these guys wrestle five times in a row and had different results every single time so i was really excited about that i thought they did a terrific job in uh in trying to do um the show and uh, i just see a bunch of you other guys joining here my my uh phone was being a little delayed there um hello kerouac and championship wrestling from hollywood news we got the McCoy brothers. Uh, one of the wrestlers he knows from the NWA is Mike and Maria from WWE and Impact Wrestling. Yeah, Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett and Marie. I'm being told that I'm uh, I'm muted here. I don't know what's going on. Let me see. Being muted. On, oh, yeah, I am muted. How about now? How about now? We'll have to fix that in post. Um, yeah, Mike and Maria definitely looked really good uh, in their uh, United Wrestling Network debut primetime live. I think Mike Bennett really impressed a lot of people. And I know this is kind of old news, but again, uh, I think the the great thing about this show thus far, the great thing that they're doing is they're, they found this way to bring in talent who we may not have heard from, we may not have known, or people we don't uh, specifically think of when it comes to the National Wrestling Alliance or the United Wrestling Network. And we get just this these incredible matches. So, one of the matches that I'm very much looking forward to, like I'm, I'm very excited, and I've been excited since day one uh, when they first announced the primetime live, is that I saw that our friend, the former, uh, well, I guess he is the, still the current NWA national third degree Mongrovian uh, national champion, was on the poster. He was on the flyer from the very get go, and so. That led me to believe that we were eventually going to see that title being defended in Long Beach in the Thunder Studios. And, and guys, I've been there personally. That studios is magnificent. It's one of the best places I've ever seen professional wrestling take place. And that goes in line with the old Glendale Studios where the original Championship Wrestling from Hollywood found its footing uh, many, many years ago. It's better than the Galaxy Theater in Santa Ana. It's better than the Hollywood Regent Showcase Theater in Hollywood, California. It's better than the Ocean View Pavilion. It was better than the uh, the Wencho uh, Entertainment Expo where we saw uh, the match take place in China. It was a really good venue. And that, that national championship, I would really, really like to see that happen. And we are going to get to see that next week. Um, Todd Kenley says, Everything clicked this time from the Saturday night's main event style promos, kicking things off and beyond. Todd, you're 100% right. I mean, you know, episode one, I felt like maybe there might have been some pacing issues. I know they had to kind of rush to get to that uh, main event. And I a lot of things felt rushed on night one. But night two, that was smooth like butter. I think everything went well. Every match told a story. Every promo helped deliver that match. And, of course, you and... and uh, you guys on commentary did a very good job as well. I think everything played up right. David Marquez in the back doing the uh, pre-show interviews. Chris Dickinson calling out the tag team match. Uh, Carl Fredericks looking like a rock star. Uh, you know, Thunder Rosa proving why she's the hottest commodity in professional wrestling today. It all blended very, very well. It all made for a great night of wrestling. And again, now you've got your measuring stick for championship, excuse me, for United Wrestling Network's primetime live. This is the show that we're going to measure all the others up against. Production was good. 
look and feel was good, sounded good, the wrestling was good, the promos were good, everything was great. Um, and, and Dave Scooby comments uh, on their Instagram live feed that, yes, all the wrestlers, whether they won or not, looked great. They all put on a great show. Win or lose, they all did their job correctly. They all looked good. But the, the match that I, I'm very excited about, the match that I can't wait to see, is that National Heavyweight Championship. Aaron Stevens, Trevor Murdoch. Now, this match, this feud was building on NWA Power. In fact, this is the first time that a feud from NWA Power is being transmitted to Thunder Studios. The feud started in Atlanta, Georgia, and now it's coming to Long Beach, California, and what should be a very compelling storyline. I mean, when you talk about Trevor Murdoch, Trevor Murdoch and Dave Marquez have a long-standing history, a lot of tradition. Now, you have to remember, Trevor Murdoch was trained by the late Harley Race, who, of course, was a confidant of Dave Marquez. You know, Dave Marquez went into business business with Harley Race and Gordon Soley to start World Legion Wrestling many, many moons ago. And one of their one of the bright stars of that program was Trevor Murdoch. And for those of you guys who've been following Championship Wrestling from Hollywood or the David Marquez Productions for years will know that, you know, Trevor Murdoch was here when they first started shooting Championship Wrestling from Hollywood at the Columbia Square Studios. He and Lance Cade were part of the tag teams that they brought in to, to kind of beef up the NWA tag team division. They had a feud with the Skull Crushers, who were then the NWA tag team champions. And then, furthermore, when Dave Marquez started touring again after those, those shows uh, took place, Dave Marquez started touring the country. We had shows in, in fact, all, all over North America, shows in Canada, short shows West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, Southwest, and Trevor Murdoch was on a bunch of these shows. So they've always had this kind of bonded, connection, connected relationship and I always kind of felt that we would see Trevor Murdoch on primetime live when it eventually was going to happen. And, of course, it, it's going to happen. Um, it's only fitting that Murdoch would be here at primetime because of, you know, everything that I mentioned. Plus, the feud between him and uh, Aaron Stevens is one of the hotter feuds that was brewing for NWA Power. I mean, this match was supposed to take place at the Crockett Cup in 2020 before before the whole world got put on pause. The NWA had to cancel its uh, Crockett Cup pay-per-view. They had to put a pause on that. And, of course, there's been a change in leadership and a change in direction with the NWA. And so a lot of their live events, well, all of their live events got canceled. And, and basically, the NWA has been on hiatus until primetime live. But during that time, I mean, we had uh, Murdoch, you know, he started off with these matches with a question mark. And they were trying to build up to getting to the TV title tournament. And, and Murdoch was then a part of that TV title tournament while Aaron Stevens was fishing his way through a few with Ricky Starks and managed to get himself a match, a three-way match at hard times where he took on Colt Boom Boom Cabana and Ricky Starks for that national championship and what wound up stealing the title. He ended up getting the belt. And it was shocked a lot of people because up until that point, it wasn't like Aaron Stevens had a huge, a huge uh, win loss record. He he was you know he was doing the best he could. Uh, he I mean he was doing the best he could to get by. Um, you know his feud with Ricky Starks. It started off as him just basically Starks owning him in that feud. Uh, Aaron Stevens did his best to kind of cultivate uh, 
any kind of steam, but really didn't get any momentum going until he forged that relationship with the master of karate, the question mark. And through that relationship, Aaron Stevens forged a new style of wrestling. And we started seeing more and more out of Aaron Stevens and more and more wins on that win-loss column. So that the Mongrovian contingent of the question mark and Aaron Stevens began to kind of target Trevor Murdoch. And it was at a point where uh, Aaron Stevens, who was the national champion, had a, had a match with Sal Renaro and kind of took liberties with Renaro, who is a much smaller guy. <laughs> that's, that's right. Todd Kelly wants to point out there is no Christmas tree at the Thunder Studios. I mean, he might head off to the eSports arena. I mean, he might go head out to the uh, catering, but there is no Christmas tree that he can hide behind. That's for sure. And so when Aaron Stevens uh, started targeting uh, Sal Renaro and he was looking to kind of maybe injure Sal Renaro, that's when Trevor Murdoch took exception and he stood up for Renaro and said, you know, you can't do that to somebody like me. And that's where the war of words began. They had a matchup, ended in a 60-minute time limit draw. Um, Aaron Stevens would go on to wrestle Scott Steiner at a pay-per-view and although he was unsuccessful in winning the match, he did retain his title because it was a disqualification. But later, later, that's when things started to get really hot between the question, excuse me, uh, between Aaron Stevens and Trevor Murdoch. They had that matchup with a question mark, and and Trevor Murdoch faced off one on one and ended in less than a minute. And immediately after that match. Aaron Stevens blindsided Trevor Murdoch and really took a beating to a whole new level, like really put the boots to Trevor Murdoch. And it was surprising to me. It was surprising to see Trevor Murdoch put in that position. It was surprising to me to see, uh, you know, Aaron Stevens being so aggressive. It's something we hadn't seen from him yet in NWA power. So I was pleasantly surprised, shockingly surprised that these two just went to war with this with, with this this whole angle was really coming to a culmination that was supposed to take place at the Crockett Cup. In fact, on Superpower and the matches leading up to Superpower, there were some uh, some segments that were cut back due to timing, due to uh, time restraints, due to the fact that they weren't going to put on the Crockett Cup that actually had uh, had a sit down interview between Trevor Murdoch. And Aaron Stevens. And Trevor Murdoch was quick to point out, time in, time out, Aaron Stevens, you don't deserve this title. You're unwilling to defend this title. You're unwilling to be a fighting champion. That's what this crowd wants. This is what the NWA wants is a fighting champion. And Aaron Stevens, and I'm 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 paraphrasing this because I wasn't there live. This is the, what I heard. Aaron Stevens simply kind of replied with, I am doing this because that's how I'm gonna stay a champion. That's how I'm gonna hold on to this belt. That accumulation, that that feud, that was so exciting that everyone was getting ready to see. I mean, again, goddamn the COVID nineteen that put everything on pause because there's so much positivity going forward with NWA Power. But thank God that we are going to have this match take place Tuesday at the Thunder Studios. You guys can order the show on Fight TV. 
It's seven ninety nine for the first episode. Or excuse me, for episode three. If you want to go back and just do yourself a favor, go ahead and pay for the twenty three ninety nine four pack bundle because you'll get the re upped episode one, which had most of the technical glitches taken care of. You'll get episode two, which was probably the standard bearer for what the United Wrestling Network should be going forward. And of course, lastly, you'll get this episode this week, and of course, episode four the following week, but you'll get this episode this week, which is not only going to feature the matchup between Trevor Murdoch and Aaron Stevens for that NWA, I almost said Heritage, National Championship, you're also going to get Remy Marcel making his debut for Primetime Live, taking on the very, very good, very, very good Greek god Papadon. And Papadon has made a, uh, an appearance here there for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood in the past. He's based on the East Coast. This is a guy who can really go in the ring. This will be a great match. We also have Ray Rosas defending. Well, I don't know if the, it's actually a championship match, but he'll be in Long Beach. He is the Hollywood Heritage Champion. He is the Arizona State Champion. And he'll be facing Pablo Esco, who's recently made his debut at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Also on the card, we're going to have a United Wrestling Network tag team title match. Uh, they used to be called Static. Now they're being called Socially Distance. We'll be taking on uh, the Real Money Brothers, who we just saw last week. That match is going to be a little bit more intense than the match we saw on Tuesday. We're also going to have Nicole Savoy take on Allison Kay. Now, we thought this week's women's match was hard-hitting, and it was. Let me, let me rephrase that. We definitely saw a hard-hitting women's match this week. Allison Kay, Nicole Savoy are definitely going to bring another hard-hitting women's match. Then we have the debut of one of my favorites, Ruby Rays. She'll make her debut on Primetime Live. And we're going to see her take on uh, uh, somebody new. I believe her name is Cece. Um, I'm not super familiar with her. I think she recently made her debut in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Again, this is another match that you guys are going to definitely want to check out. And it seems like, you know, again, this show is going to be stacked. There's about seven matches all together on this show. And uh, forgive me if I'm leaving somebody out. I don't have my cue cards here in front of me. But I think it's really going to be an exciting night of wrestling. And I think if, if you guys aren't on board yet, you should get you should try it. If you don't like it, try the first episode, seven ninety nine. See how you feel. See how you like a night of wrestling where they pull back the dramatics. They pull back some of the soap opera stuff professional wrestling, the things that you see on Monday nights or the things you see on, uh, you know, Wednesday nights and see more of just that professional wrestling match promo, match promo, match promo, not a whole lot of shenanigans in between. And if you don't like it, you don't have to order it again. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you want to represent the NWA, oh yeah, Todd Kenley pointed out Chris Dickinson will be in action, the Dirty Daddy. That's just weird to say, the Dirty Daddy. His debut was so intense, and the beating he gave to Jordan Cruz, I mean, Jordan Cruz is still walking, he's still breathing, he's still alive, but good Lord. And what's next for Dickinson? What happens when Dickinson runs into somebody on a more even keel? What happens when Chris Dickinson runs into Carl Fredericks? What happens when Chris Dickinson runs into Watts? 
I am very much looking forward to seeing the the maturation of Chris Dickinson in Primetime Live. Of course, uh, like I mentioned, Carl Fredericks, Watts, a lot of these guys, if you don't know, you need to check these shows out because their talent is immense. The popularity is increasing. You know, future stars of wrestling out of Las Vegas has recently come to terms with the United Wrestling Network to help bring in some more talent to an already stacked show. I mean, we've got stars representing the National Wrestling Alliance first and foremost. And we've had about two NWA matches per card. That that streak will continue this week. And then we have uh, stars from New Japan Pro Wrestling, the LA Dojo. You know, you know with, uh, with Danny Limelight and Carl Fredericks, we have stars from the East Coast, like Priscilla Kelly, like, like, like Chris Dickinson. We see talent from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Championship Wrestling from Arizona. And you're going to see more of that. You're going to see more talent come to this United Wrestling Network. You'll see more free agents like Mike Bennett show up. Because this is where professional wrestling is really being introduced in a different style that you we're not accustomed to. We're not seeing this on Monday nights. We're not seeing this on Wednesday nights. This is a little bit different. And for what I'm excited. 